And welcome back to the Coaching Couch Podcast. I'm here with the usual suspects, owner and operator, Coach Manny. It's been a while. Hello. Yes, it has been. And fitness consigliere, Cameron Hudson. Bonjour. Bonjour. Oui, oui. Oui, oui, bonbons and all that good shit. So I'm happy to be back with my boys podcasting again. And we had a little hiatus. <laughs> again. Again, man. It's <laughs> like we get, we pump out some good content and then life gets in the way. But we're back nonetheless. I think here. it's nice that way, though, because like, no, I like, it actually, like we just way. sat here for a good 40 minutes pre-show. Yep. And it's like, there's so much to talk about. Oh, like yeah. you do it too yeah. often. It's like you don't have that much content to bring to the table. It's like it. we're all just going to stare at our phones and have no relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. So I'm fresh off the Move Fast, Live Heavy uh, Invitational. That was a phenomenal event. Shout out to Christian Harrison, the Move Fast, Live Heavy family. It looks so cool. It was yeah. well run. I really like the brewery that they... Uh, what brewery was it? Was it Brooklyn Brew? No, no, no. It was it was in Lindenhurst. Oh, okay. Uh, it was, it was out on the island. I forgot the name of it. But it was a beautiful facility. What's in No, it's like Sand something mm. brewery. South Sand or something like that. I mean, there's so many breweries now. I had some great IPAs. I was buzzing uh, a little bit. It looks so much fun. But I the, saw like the, the, the vineyards. Oh, yeah. That's I cool. mean, the highlight of my night was the 465 pound clean from the blocks. Gangster by Caleb Gibbon out of Richmond, Virginia. I'm, I, that was impressive. A 21 year old. <clears throat> apparently, he can clean 500 bucks, 500 pounds, like from the ground. Well, Manny's Jeez. got some questions that we'll talk about off air. Now that you <laughs> threw that out there, but I think even more impressive, and and a nod to the nostalgia of CrossFit and and the culture was Blaine McConnell chugging beers. After each lift, like a fucking savage. Full send, bro. Dude, snatch 315, snatch, chug a beer. Yeah, snatch 315, chug the beer. That's Clean awesome. Clean 405, chug the beer. I was in there like, Stone go, one beer, two beer. <laughs> Dude, he is freakly, he's like freakishly strong. Freakishly He's strong. a freak athlete. Yeah. I've, I've watched some of his like training sessions because he does a lot of like, sprinting stuff. Yeah. And just the the way that he trains, I like, I mean, it's not ideal, but I, if I could, I would. But my knees would probably turn into dust. I did some of the things that he did. Also, he's a professional athlete. Yeah, has, true. It's a little different. His his life does revolve to a certain extent about training. But he posted that he is back on the CrossFit train. Yeah. So we had that conversation on the podcast. When I was podcasting. What podcast is that on? By the way, it's going to be on the Move Fast Live Heavy podcast. Also, cool. I'm going to put it on behind the mic on my podcast as well. Cool. So I can get some cross pollination going there. But he did state that he was going to make his push to go back to the games as a as a team athlete yeah he's gonna um, start so, with water blues yeah they or? just him and will carter shout out friend Ooh, of the show they're and gonna team up yeah will carter get out of here christian harrison blame oh McConnell. my god that is Ooh. too much that is too many handsome men yeah, on one that's team it, man team handsome i guess owner but, jams 2022 <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they're gonna have a team Great out there reference. also Great shout reference. out to uh, to chloe for qualifying elite yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That is that is awesome. I know that this is going to be redemption year because uh, she wanted to leap last year, correct? Yeah, she she just missed a leap by one or two spots last year, and she was in pretty well this year. I think thirteenth or fourteenth place. Oh. yeah, it's yeah, called, and, and it's called progression. Had, yeah, and she's had a, a really busy, I guess we'll call it competition season. You know, we started with the Rogue 
online invitational mm-hmm. at the and at that point she was barely doing like a lot of traditional crossfit metcons but it was just prep work just to see where she was at and she plays pretty well i think like eighth maybe okay so, uh, something like that and she didn't redo any work as we just kind of just did them and just kept just moving along with training and then what would you call it a, a week or two later were, were the Wadapalooza quals and then uh, she just got back from the crash crucible yeah, over down in, in what, South, South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina. Which I heard was a phenomenally run event. Yeah. I heard it was run smooth. It was very organized. Unlike something. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, what shout did she out place to at? Them. She placed ninth. Nice. And it was it was it was interesting, you know. I think from a fitness standpoint, she she was really sharp few hiccups man you know she, she's got an on and off back issue that uh, reared its ugly head right on the first event with the ghg sit-ups which we're, we were not surprised that kind of lingered a little bit but she she had two or three event wins which was pretty dope and i think the biggest takeaway was that you weren't there yeah i i wasn't there she, she was a big girl all by herself and you know had to overcome some some early adversity which uh, historically she has not done too well with and she managed it really really well and you know we're really looking forward to Wadapalooza this year let me ask a question as a as a fan of Chloe's from the coaching aspect what did you guys do differently you know because there's there's a significant I can't tell you the secret Jay you know I mean <laughs> it's gonna cost you, yeah, you walk is extra <laughs> <laughs> you know just kind of put me in the room not necessarily tell me exactly what was done but I'll I tell know you exactly what was it, done I got okay yeah idea. in the methodology you know yeah so one of her biggest things was really her mental game. So a few years ago, she had a lot of difficulty with online stuff. She, she like couldn't push it there. So that's why she would always miss qualifying just by hair because she just couldn't get into that competition mode. Okay. We got over that hurdle. Now she shows up to the competition floor and gets those competition jitters. So this year, a lot of what we're doing is very focused around her being in uncomfortable situations Mm -hmm. and actually live competing more so she can just look at competition as as what it is you know don't blow it up in her head doesn't matter who she's competing with just go out there and and just do what we know you can do so it's a lot of i guess we'll call like mental prep or like mental training from a physical standpoint we took a back seat on a lot of the traditional metcons and a lot of her two-a-days are really based around working on her weaknesses, of course, and building her aerobic base. So a lot of her training will look like a lot of strength work followed by long, boring aerobic work because Uh. the more you can build someone's aerobic capacity, the more their fitness potential is. And then we seasonally, so as we get closer into competition, then we'll switch gears Mm -hmm. and start to specify mortal mixed modal stuff. Because for her, she's she doesn't have a ton of holes in terms of like her like skills. It's really just improving on the improving her capacity within those skills. Got you. So it's not like she can't do strict handstand pushups. Is that she needs to do a lot of them and she needs to do them quickly. Okay. So we work on that kind of stuff, which really comes down to just building just her aerobic base really large and making sure that she's strong enough because still those basic barbell numbers. She's just not as strong as some of these. I Other mean, chicks, man, they are just... There's some mutants out there. Man. I will but. say that. It's a couple of X-Men running around here. <laughs> yeah. You know, with no Professor X, but... That brings me to our first topic. And we're going to talk about Ben Bergeron. Who? And 
<laughs> who that? Who that is? Oh, yeah, Ben Bergeron and all the uh, controversy, I should say, around that interview that he just had. Well, well I think take it, take it a step further backwards. backwards yeah. Go backwards. It's not about the interview. It's about why the interview had to happen Happened. in the first place. All right, so let's go to the root yeah. of, the, of, the, of the situation. People be leaving. Yeah. Lots of so them. So lots of athletes have uh, High level jumped ones. ship and, you know. Said, how, do we know how many total it was? Like I could, I could think no, of. No, but they were like notable ones, though. You know what I mean? No, like, yeah, I'm we, pretty I'm, sure there's more, but like the notable ones. I'm talking, yeah. How many? I mean, obviously it was Katrin, Katrin Cole. Katrin, Cole, Sam Quant. Um, there, was, there was another female. Amanda Barnhart. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I think there was like five. So we're definitely, there's somebody else. Yeah. Just probably not as. I'm just waiting for Much Chandler of a to drop that hammer and say I'm out too. I thought is Chandler still there? Chandler's still there. Well, we can talk about why. I I, I thought I mean, that I he was doing other stuff. No, no. I think he's still there. Mm. He's hard to read because I mean he's obviously in the army also, so he's kind of like no, he's up. out now. Oh, he's out. He's out. He's a professional athlete. He's got that Puma deal. Puma. Yeah, they uh, they they cut a check and. He's, a, he's a legitimately a professional athlete. Good for him, man. Problem is that when he, you know the big show stuff, he was falling short. Now, prior to the comp train, he was kind of doing his thing. Where was who was his his coach prior to? I think I'm not sure if he was part of training think tank. But I think so. I That's I remember I seeing him there in a lot of yeah because he was doing a lot of their camps and stuff. Yeah, because I know he was like him and Noah. And Noah yeah. yeah, were like a thing. So yeah, yeah. I was a little disappointed that when he he's, went up there, he kind of just. He's got so much potential. Yeah, man. It just I think the right coach, the right situation, and I think he's back to where he was. How old is he? He's young, man. I, I think he's like mid twenties. I don't think Oh, he's, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So, I don't I don't I don't think he's like later down there. Yeah, I mean it's definitely interesting to see a lot of people leave such a popular and you know, powerful camp for so long that mm -hmm. was comp train. You know, because you know, Ben is one of the most. He, ben is probably the most successful CrossFit sport coach in the history. I, he is. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that. When when, when you look at he's got a, how many games champions? How many does he yeah. have? You know, Matt. Matt was one time with him. Katrin was what two or three with him. Matt went in on him on that boy, that seven podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, he I, fuck. He was lit. He was. He had some fucking anger in his heart. You know, well, Matt's a competitor. You, you got to put it. That, I mean, he's it, different. It, it he's was fired different. up, but I think he was 100% right. And one nice thing, and this is, I know where Manny's going to kind of go with it here in a second, is that like, Matt was just raw. That's just him. That's how he felt. No fucks. There was given. no rehearsal. There was no script or anything. That was just him shooting the shit. This is how I feel. Whereas Manny always points out, you know, Ben just seems a lot more polished and rehearsed. And Cause I also he kind of knows what he's going to say, but... The reason that Matt was so mad is he won the fucking games and then Ben does an interview and says that the greatest, you know, moment of the weekend was Cole <laughs> Sager getting a participation ribbon, the spirit of the games award, which historically is a, it's a cool award, but it's not an award because you did super well. Yeah. It's cause people like you and like you tried really hard and you probably finished a lot of workouts last and people were cheering for you. But you didn't quit. You're not a quitter. It's just, I find it very strange that we applaud that. I think, I don't, I think, I don't it's, think a, it's, it's originally, it had a really good connotation to it as 
if you represented CrossFit in the spirit, you know, of don't give me that shit camaraderie. I don't want. I it. can get it if, if they offered that to me. If I was at the games, like, hey, you got the shirt, <clears throat> you keep that shit. But look at who gets the awards now. Like when you get the award, well, Noah it's got n- it last year, right? Who Did Noah? He? Yeah, yeah. Oh. But why? I mean, I, I think he finished well. I think he was like in the top ten or fifteen. Well, there's only no, 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 was, because they had no, 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 no. no, no he no. was like thirteenth. There's he was yeah. top twenty. Jamie, look Jamie. at Jamie. <laughs> he beat me to it. But, but yeah, usually I'm obviously we can fact check this, but I think it goes to somebody who they tried really hard, but they weren't in the mix or they had glimpses of being in the mix and then that was it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean like they were like the dead last person. Like it, I don't really think the placing of it matters so much as my point is, is you're not getting the award for being fucking top dog. No, no, no. It's a spirit award, man. Yeah. Shit, go back to like middle school. They had that shit, right? The, the Spirit Award. I don't know. I never won yeah, it. That. I never won it. <laughs> I mean, I, like you know, there's a spirit that comes with the sport. I get that, but I don't know if you. Should, I, I just wouldn't take it if I was. Well, they, or, or, they guys, never look I, happy I, about it. I think a good way to summarize it is that shouldn't be our goal, and I don't think it's any of the athletes' goals to get the Spirit Award. Right. It's and, just something that's kind of recognized by people and regardless we went totally sidetracked on that (laughs) cole got the spirit of the games award and matt won and ben wanted to talk more about the spirit of the games award for cole as opposed to matt in his second year in crossfit winning the crossfit games yeah being the fittest on earth was less important than actually it was less than two years because he'd only been doing it for what 16 18 months no i I think he had been doing it for a few years right because in his rookie... Well, he yeah, was yeah. doing, like, random stuff before. Yeah, because I, I remember him in regionals, because when he went to regionals back... I, for, I forget the date, but he had only been crossfitting for, like, six months when he was in regionals, and he didn't make it to the games that year. I believe the year after, he went to the games and lost to Froning, and then the year after that, he lost to Ben Smith, and then oh, the yeah, year so after that... Third year. It was his, like, third or fourth year doing CrossFit. Still. Still, I'm not taking it. Yeah. Noah finished 12th. Yeah, I said 13th. Yeah, well, you were close. Yeah, Cole Sager was 13th. Oh, why didn't they give him the award again? <laughs> he didn't have enough spirit. Do better. Because <laughs> I know one of, one of the biggest gripes people were having was like they didn't feel like Ben was authentic in that interview. Like they felt like he went in there and he had scripted answers. Well, yeah, you know, I think at this point, so back in the day, Ben has been speaking like this you know, since I've known him, what, like 10, 12 years or something, or, you know, whatever. He's always been like that. Mm-hmm. And it's become even more word salady as time goes on. Say that again? Word salady. <laughs> word salady? Yeah, there we go. Boom. He gets it. Okay. I don't know if it's a word, whatever. We're going to roll can't with it, guys. The, can't the fuck. <laughs> Continue. But yeah, man, I think people are just starting to see through it because there's nothing that he says that sounds like a genuine answer. Everything sounds so fake that it it becomes kind of annoying because no normal human reacts in the way that he gives off his answer in quote or kind of in quote when 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 being interviewed about his you know uh, camp leaving. I wanted or, or or rather I think this was specific to Katrin maybe whatever sets their hearts on fire or some like really cheesy line. It was the most sounds like an '80s song. 
Yeah, it was. Never set your heart it was fire. so not genuine. I think it was on a Top Gun, Top Gun soundtrack. <laughs> that it like most certainly rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, because, dude, like people are leaving your your camp and jumping ship, and and you can't even talk about how it makes you feel. Instead, you're going to talk about doing the right thing. It's like you can totally balance that all out. Or maybe know? he just doesn't have the emotional intelligence to elaborate on it. Or maybe, or I think he's so concerned with his image and being positive that he won't allow himself to have any sort of like real human-like reaction, which makes him like not a very relatable human. And to me, if you're not that relatable, then I have to question your integrity because I think that's that's strange. It's like, why can't you just tell someone how you're feeling? Like you could say, hey, you know, like if, if, if Chloe left me for a different camp and someone interviewed me about it, I would say, yeah, you know, like I'm really you know i'm sad i'm upset but of course that's a selfish feeling because at the end of the day i want her to be happy i think that's a very balanced thing to say you wanted to find whatever sets her heart on fire i would never <laughs> say that because that's a weird thing i to felt say. like it was on the tip of your tongue no never <laughs> chase your dreams honey chase your dreams don't worry about me don't go chasing waterfalls go on. <laughs> tlc reference forget about me because yeah, i remember there was a big i remember there was a a big what to do when Mal left uh, James Townsend for hard work pays off. Mm -hmm. So was you, that, I mean, maybe, you know, more, <clears throat> I felt like that was a little bit m more mutual. I think that they had like a conversation. At least that's the impression that I got, or was it kind of, no, it wasn't. I don't think it was a mutual thing because how it was received by me was like, it was a backdoor kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Matt kind of came in and maybe had a conversation because no offense to him, it made a ton of sense for her to go Thank anywhere. So she was just training by herself. So this is what this. So like you kind of go to, to the punch. Go to any camp. I mean, I, I didn't care if it was training think tank or something, but she needed to be in that environment. And then I mean, look, she's already made so much progress. Progress from year one to, to well, yeah. but year also one to be, with hard work pays but, off. But to be fair, like she's. 18, 19 years old. She that can, was going to be point two. Yeah, it's like she she can train with anyone. Oh, I was going to say it for something different. I was going to say if it fell in a little what. back door, keep in mind she's a kid. She doesn't know how to necessarily like do things the right way. And I'm not yeah. saying that she did it the wrong way, but I'm saying if she did have a conversation with Matt without James and then left, she's 17. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, she, I mean, I did, yeah, she's I did young, some, right? So my, my whole thing is this. At the end of the day, I think that was going to happen either way. I think she was going to jump ship regardless. Yeah. Just because I, I like they were giving her so much stuff and she was just crushing all the workouts that she was doing like additional stuff. So I think, I don't know if the coaching style was going to keep her there. So if you look at like a Matt versus a James Townsend, like in the sport, you're probably going to go the route of Matt because of what Matt's accomplished. So I think people believe that you should have this loyalty of sorts when it comes to coaching, right? But when you get to a space where you're trying to make money and now this is a career yeah. and you outgrow that coach, what do you do next? You go to the next best thing. And her next best option happened to be the best, the best <laughs> who was like, I can, you know, I, can I will make push a back difference. a little bit. How do we know that it's the best? Cause it's Matt. But well, what credentials does, does Matt have as a coach to make him the best coach? That's fair. That is fair. But he's the best athlete. 
And we know the best athletes usually aren't the best coaches. And I'm not saying Matt isn't the best coach. Maybe he is. Uh, Which is very true because if you look at Hall of Fame basketball players or football players, they make shitty coaches sometimes. I I think about Matt more along the lines of a Rich Froning-esque type situation. Yes. Where guys and girls that were going into Froning's camp, they were coming out better than before. Yeah. So but, I, but Matt had no prior athlete to have that kind no, of... No, I agree with then, you. I'm yeah. saying how I think about a situation being with Matt, that's kind of what I imagine it to be like, is that well, you're going to be in this environment. His process worked for him, so... I'm going to play devil's advocate. And you can, then someone is you're going to play devil's advocate to the devil's advocate? Yes. <laughs> then I'm going to play devil's advocate to the devil's advocate to the devil's advocate. <laughs> Times three. What has James done in the sport? That's what somebody, I mean, a bunch of people were saying that. You know, what has James done in the sport for him to keep Mal there? I, I would say that James, so for one, I will say I don't know everything about Mal's training. I don't know if she had different coaches before James. I have no idea Yeah, that about I don't that. know either. I don't know. So I will assume that James has been her primary coach for some time. And I would say that based on how good she was before leaving, then that's that's pretty good, yeah. you know. Well, I, I devil's I, advocate. <laughs> times three, uh, times four. I'm now. just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I'm just gonna keep saying that every time. I <laughs> but no, my serious question yeah. is, what if she's just naturally that that good? She's that she talented could, yeah. that like any training program and environment, she I was going to make big. She's going to excel really well, but she's probably at the point now where she's like, how do I go to that very next level? Like, I want to be Tia Claire Toomey. Yeah. I, I think that's I don't that's think a... you get that done in Minnesota by yourself. Is that where she's from? Minnesota? Where is he? Well, no, they're in Iowa. I dis- Iowa. Same. I disagree. Same difference. Different, but same, same. To play devil's advocate. That's the name of this Matt, episode. <laughs> Matt primarily trained by himself and won the CrossFit Games <clears throat> multiple times. Although toward the end of his career, he was more regularly well, training with Tia. Well, I was people. just going to say that, but the, yes, but his best when he was like, holy shit, this guy's a freak, was when Tia, and he was training with Shane and Tia. He well, went to a whole nother level also, but then you can also argue like. Statistically, I, I would actually. I'm going to the stats right now. He, I he, changed, he changed a lot more variables, though, than just his training environment when he did that. In, in interviews, he talks about how he changed up everything that he ate. Oh, yeah, in the Joe sleep. Rogan interview. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, that he, was a game changer for him. He changed sure. his entire way of life. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to say, well, was it just training with Shane and Tia? Yeah, there's a lot of variables was it this? that play. Was it both? Was, you know, it's too much to How count. do you measure that yeah. exactly? Well, yeah, o- overall, like my <clears throat> thoughts with the whole thing is that it's way too early to tell if, if HWPO is actually like a really good training camp. It's way too early. Dude, she was seventh in 2021 and then finished second in the world. I mean, it's a huge fucking difference. But she's also 18 years old. I, I, I would expect that, to be I honest with you. you. Like, you have to think, at, at that age, those are... Dude, if she was like 25 years old, six, seven years in a sport, and then had that kind of progress, and the only variable that changed was that she switched camps, I'd say, holy shit, there is magic in that camp. Yeah. They're, they're doing something right. But for like an 18, 19-year-old... So, so what if she wins it this year? I would expect her to it's win it. It's because she's 19 now? I would expect her to win it, yeah. J- J- I would totally... Just I, based I off expect, her age. Yeah. Dude, but because apply those same rules to any sport and you get a very similar outcome. Very similar outcome. No. No. No, because no, LeBron... Here. 
if if if, if we're talking, I'm we're sorry. Talking sports. I, I should I should say like strength sports and like sports okay. that like rely on maturity. So it's I guess it's less of a I'll call CrossFit less of a skill sport just for argument's sake. Whereas like basketball, and baseball are are very skill oriented sports, and okay. it doesn't quite matter so much about your physicality as much as like your actual experience with that particular skill. But okay. a sport, but a sport like CrossFit, that's a young person's sport. You know, you, you really hit your stride when you're younger into your like mid twenties, and then from there, you're trying to hold on to the peak, or so, or you're going down. So if she wins the twenty twenty three season, it will be no surprise. No surprise. I think it's fair. I, I mean, mean I, look at the trajectory. I will say this: I I, I saw that coming before anybody well, else. Well, the real question is, when's her birthday? Because if she's not nineteen by those twenty twenty three games, fucking done. She ain't winning <laughs> shit. Maybe she's twenty. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know how old she is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how old she is exactly. Yeah. Well, so, I just know she's young. So our entire argument about her age she's still, is irrelevant. No, she's young. She's still she's young like, enough yeah, she's still to young continue enough. progressing I think, forward. I think she is nineteen or something like that. So, but but Anywho. back to what I was saying, I Anywho. I saw them hijacking her from James. Yeah, I saw that coming because the and the only reason why I'm going to say that is because of his his depth in the sport. He comes from the weightlifting world, right? He had a short stint with CrossFit. He was a grid athlete, right? So. He didn't really do anything in the in the CrossFit world. He has some titles and things like that in the weightlifting world, but that's you know totally different from what we're talking about right now. Yeah. So I saw that happening anyway. You know what I mean? He got her to the point where she was successful, and then I think they hit a ceiling. And at that point, she was like, "All right, well, I think it's time for me to move on and push forward." And I do believe that there was a lot of like pushback from his side. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot of subliminals. He wasn't openly like. So, so do you think that it was more like selfish that he wanted to keep her? Because say, that was the next thing. Cause I, was I know say. that Manny and I have had conversations about not obviously people at that level, but like, if you get to a point where like your expertise, dude, like you run out of room and like, you can't help them anymore. I like, want you it, to go where it you're should be grow. your duty to yep. tell them to go. So Thank then you. it should yeah. have been James being like, Let's work together and find who's going to be the best coach for you because I'm out of room here. I don't yeah. know how to develop you any further than what I've done. We should try to get James on here. I should. I would actually he, love, love, love to hear his perspective on it because, you know, maybe he felt like he had so much more to offer and just wasn't given the opportunity and was instead poached because he wasn't. You hit he, it right. He, on the he head. didn't have that kind of notoriety and reputation that the right on the head one hundred time fittest person in the world. Which, by the way, I think is totally fair game. Yeah, I think it is completely fair game to poach other athletes. I mean, it happens. It happens. Like, this is what I'm in, saying. In every single sport, in every single job, that's I didn't have a problem. Oh with yeah, that. no, because yeah. people were like, I was oh, all fuck. about it to play devil's advocate. <laughs> it's messed up that that happened. No. You saw the writing away, on the man. wall, bro. Like, it happens all the time in this sport. Yeah, people act like this is a foreign concept. I think the problem was I think they felt like, hey, she, sh you know, she should have been more loyal to the yeah. to the situation, but she's also you gotta do what's best for you, man. Exactly. And truthfully, my opinion is, by the way, even though it, it doesn't sound like this, my opinion is she made the right move. By the way, I just like giving the other side, but I do think her being with HWPO is absolute. Like from what I've heard about her, it's absolutely the right camp. Well, let's just look at it as a brand, right? So James got her to the point where she was able to get that noble deal. Right, mm -hmm. that's huge because she's one of the faces of Noble. Yeah. So when she was at the games, actually when she was at the Granite Games, they had you know her as a featured athlete, as a Noble athlete. So the check was cut. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so the check was cut. She's already in that light. So now if you look at, this is me just talking as like a brand consultant, right? If I'm looking at Matt Fraser and I'm looking at James Townsend, Matt Fraser has a YouTube. He also has an online programming that people follow. It's not even close. It's not even yep. close. Not even so close. if you're talking about Mal O'Brien trying to be a brand in herself, like because I, I think they're trying to make her the next quote-unquote Tia. Yeah, I don't and she's, she's going to be. She's going to be, yeah. exactly. She's the future of CrossFit, 1,000%. I mean, Tia's got the game in the fucking Cobra Clutch. She's coming back to defend that title, and she's going to she's going to and, probably win again. And she's she's going to lose because it's not her twentieth birthday. Though. <laughs> How old is Tia? I don't old know. man, she's not old. Damn, bro, she's probably like almost twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta look this up. I'm the guy that's looking shit I, up. I now. think she's gotta be like thirty. Check like that birth 30, certificate. 30, 31 maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think but she's, she's actually 30. gonna have a full year of training and not for the Olympics for bobsledding. So, and, and I'm pretty sure the way that she left it this year, although she ended up winning by like She's over 29, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I said almost 30. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, even though it was a closer games this year, even though she won by over a hundred points, I think, I think she kind of left with a sour taste. I, I think she's going to come back next year and absolutely dominate. Yeah. Well, shout out to her for just getting that woman's health. Yeah, that was yeah. dope. Photo. That was dope. Shoot, she was on the cover. And I think Tia is cool as hell, by the way. She's very good yeah. for the sport, too, yeah. as well, I think. Because she's a personable athlete. Yeah. Very humble and, like, she has, like, that homegrown feel. I think that's why so many people love her. It's very, like, Australian, like, yeah. characteristic, I feel like. Like, all the Aussie athletes, I w- yeah, you're right. all, they all seem, well, I'm not going to say all. For the most part, the ones that I have seen in my experience, they seem to be just like really chilled, down to earth. Like we want to have fun. That's why I like Con Porter. Just want to do shoeies all day. Yeah, just do shoeies all day, man. All day. I mean, I think that back. So we're gonna go back to Mal. I'm sorry. Yeah, she's definitely the the future of the sport, right? So you got to look at it from from like a branding aspect. If she's trying to chase that money. And chase that notoriety. You got to go there because of the exposure. So you can't really get upset at a young woman trying to take a career to the next level. Whatever sets her heart on fire. Well, and she's got she's got to do it now because God forbid that she gets hurt. Hurt. I mean, it's just like any athlete, any professional athlete. You go and play in the NFL. You, you know, better make as much money as fast as you can because it could go in the blink of an eye. Nah, yeah. And then your heart is not going to be on fire. And you're going to be in trouble. And I think... Your bank account will be. Your bank account will be on fire. (laughs) You took the words right out of my mouth. I think she actually should be setting like a good precedent for other people in the sport. Is that you got to look out for you. Don't... You shouldn't have loyalty to Ben Bergeron because he helped you get here and then you fucking stagnated. Bounce, homie. Go get a deal. Go get she's a new coach. A, she's on a clock. You were like, you know, mm-hmm. you're a man. You said she's. How old's Katrin? 32, maybe. Dude, so she's capping out, man. No, no, seriously. She so is. Katrin's 29. Wow. 29? Yeah, she's 29. just been around for a while. She's yeah. been around for a minute. Just think about Annie Thor's daughter's 33. She's been around. She's a CrossFit OG and she's 33 years old. Yeah. You know? But now CrossFit is finally, <clears throat> it's been around long enough where we can start to pretty much say, like, yeah, if you have, you know, seven. You know, you, you can start to put a number at how many games appearances you have before, like, that's kind of it. Yeah. You know, especially now that these these younger 
these younger athletes are just coming in so much better. Man, their their baseline of fitness is like nowhere near what it was, or it, it it's so much better than what it was before. So it's like pretty crazy. Shit's different, man. I, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, she's on she's on borrowed time, and if she's trying to maximize her earning potential, you got to you got to go that route, and and you can't get upset at that. Mm-hmm. You know, if she walked into this room right now, I'd be like, that was the best thing that you ever yeah, did. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking smart. You got to chase that bag while it's still there. Your name was already relevant, and now it is. You were up there with Tia because we live, and in you a haven't very, even won yet. We live in a very fickle society too. That's yeah. another thing. You know what I mean? If she doesn't do what she did last year, this year, no. she's forgotten. And I mean, yeah, just thinking about like connections and relationships. I mean, Matt has a deal with Nike. You don't think that Matt's people can can talk to Nike and get Mal a deal? Like, yeah, but just from a branding. That is the future of... She's better off with the CrossFit brand. She's better with a Noble than she is with a a Nike, a Puma, whatever the case may be, because... Better in what sense? I forgot she was... I'm going to tell you why. Because, so Noble is... Their their main hub is CrossFit. That's their main hub. When you deal with these these powerhouses like Adidas, Nike, Puma, they don't give a shit about CrossFit because that's not their main money generator, right? Their main money generator is Puma is soccer. Adidas, soccer, Nike, basketball, soccer. They don't give a shit. This is a this is a small niche that they're kind of concerned about. If you're looking at earning potential and what sport makes the most, CrossFit is at the bottom of the barrel. But market cap, Nike has a big bank account. But so I also what is like they're not going to allocate the funds to a CrossFit athlete. Yeah, but what like is chump change to Nike might be top dollar from Noble. I think that's true. I think I that's mean Nike point. is billions. Of dollars, so if they're like, yeah, we don't really and Noble care. Has millions, like Doctor Evil. Yeah, <laughs> there's just they're they're different levels, and that's dollars. I mean, no, you're Mal. right. There, there there is levels to it, but but what and I then will you think say about if Mal does a commercial with Nike versus a Noble commercial. Yeah, but I think it. You just here we go. So I'll take it to Lauren Fisher. She was in a Nike commercial. They were pushing for her, and then well, she happened? fizzled out. She didn't do anything. But this is what happens. Right, I think it with 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 a noble. I think she's at the forefront. They're gonna keep her there. She'll have a nice little run. Now, if they're smart, they'll keep her. If, there. if they're smart, they'll yeah. keep her there. I think the earning potential. She'll have a longer lifespan with noble than she would with Nike. Yes, because Nike's always like on to the next. Because if you think about when when the like the Metcon first came out, they had all these athletes like the Kenneth Leverages. God, um, that's a name I haven't heard. In man, he was the CrossFit Bo Jackson. That kid could do everything. And he was the best that never was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that guy was Thank always you. in like 20th something place, but he was a perennial games athlete. I mean, always there. Brutally handsome. Like brutally handsome. He, 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 you know, he Get was the, him to compete he, on a he team. He was the face, bro. No, I think his back is all jacked up. Spinal. Spinal. He was doing Spinal. like stem cell shit. That's how bad it was. Wow. So, you know, but what I was saying is I think over a long period of time, she'll make more money with a noble than she would with a Nike. And I think Noble will make her more of a priority because I was also talking to Elijah Muhammad about he has a sneaker with that strike movement company. Right. So mm. that is a CrossFit shoe. Right. And he's one of the guys that can say, hey, I'm a CrossFitter and I have my own shoe. There's three guys in CrossFit who have their own shoe. You know, who those three guys are Froning, Rich Froning, Fraser. Matt Fraser and Elijah Muhammad. Huh. Well, and he has input on the on the design. They have, they have a, a few Metcons. That are the athlete Metcons. But they're not getting that check. Are they? 
No, because Isn't Adrian Mudwilder, he has his own variation of the Metcon. Variation, but it's not his shoe. Mm-hmm. Matt Fraser has a Matt Fraser that comes out and says, you are buying the Matt Fraser. So how does that work? They can just put your name on it and you don't get shit? No, I think the people just be like, oh, this is the color that he wears. This is the Cole Sager or this is the whatever. But it's Man. not, he's not getting a check for that. So you got to look at it as a person who's trying to make money in this sport. Okay, Chicho. Damn. As a person who's trying to make money in this sport, right? You got to think about this. A brand will do what a brand's supposed to do is take your likeness and make as much money as possible. And then you just get a little crumb off the loaf. So I have a question for you. Shoot. How many of these people, how many of these CrossFit athletes have agents? That's another thing. That, and that's because now you just got my brain going where if my name elite. is on a shoe for Nike and I'm not getting a dime out of it, bro, I fucked up somewhere. Yes. I need so, an Ari Gold to come in there yeah. and shoot somebody with a paintball gun and give me some money. <laughs> well, let's think about it right now. Right now they have, I believe, Noble. I mean, Reebok used to, I believe. They have the athlete names on their shirts and jerseys. The athletes get zilch unless they are specifically sponsored by that by, company. Yes. Which is fucking nuts. Thank like, you. So let me get this straight. You're going to put my name. Thank you. I'm flattered. So you're going to make money off my name and not give me anything. Yeah. No. And then and then turn but around. This is what I'm saying. And then turn around and call yourself a professional sport. And yeah, this no. is the problem. This is the problem that so, we have. Sounds a lot like college football. Yes. So well, college football and NIL deals now. now. So, but, but what I'm saying is, I think I think the sport soon is going to be headed that way. Because you're not going to put my name and my likeness on something, and I'm not going to get a cut out of it. But I feel I also feel like some of these athletes are just happy to quote unquote be in the room. So instead of someone sitting there with some business savvy, like they don't have a lot of these kids don't have managers, man, and they have all these agencies that represent. I will say that Matt Fraser's agent is a fucking shark. But that's what I'm saying is. Would. Obviously, I don't know if, if you know, everyone can have an agent like that, but like it's clearly worked out for him. Amanda Barnhart has a like a phenomenal agent. And I think, mean, of, think if Mal had somebody like that coming back to her, like, you know, she's a kid, right? Yeah. If she had an adult who was experienced in these type of situations, I mean, and I don't think that she made the wrong decision, but she would have had some insight as to why the decision, you bro. know, like. A little bit more clarity, I guess. So, yeah. here's what's kind of happening now, and I think this is going to become something that is going to help professionalize the sport, which we can talk into in lots of detail. But I think a lot of these big camps like Mayhem, HWPO, et cetera, they have, we can call them agents, and these act like recruiters for talent. And when you join these camps, I believe, and I don't know if this already happens, I bet to some degree it already happens where they're, um, offering athlete packages for joining their camp if they're good enough. So some athletes may actually get a stipend or salaried to be a part of their training camp, or they, they're able to use services and sponsorships as part of their package for signing up with the crew. We're pretty sure that comp train does something like that already, right? With some athletes being compensated, perhaps? I'm not sure. I mean... I don't want to say yeah, yeah. And someone hops on but, my DM but, and said, you're fucking wrong, jump man. Of course. That of has course. happened. Yeah. So, but I'm pretty sure these things are already happening. If not, they're going to be happening. And the places that are going to be able to do this most effectively are going to be the camps that have revenue generators that are unassociated with if they have an affiliate. So for example, they have an app like Hardware Pigs Off has an app, right? Mm-hmm. For their workouts. Mayhem has an app for their stuff. Comptrain has an app. All of those things 
are generated or, or are relying on really high volume, low ticket for their programming. So imagine if you have a thousand people following your programming and they're paying 30 bucks a month, you have $30,000 a month in revenue. And this thing doesn't really cause very much to maintain and have overhead. That's $30,000 per month that you can use to stipend athletes, pay agents, etc. And what they receive back is more people subscribing to their online program design. So these athletes are essentially going to be paying their own salaries. And that's how that whole system is going to work round and round. So I do believe that that's... Is it a pyramid scheme? <laughs> More um, like a circle, pond. but yeah. It's a circle. <laughs> it's like a circle. <laughs> Sounds like a pyramid scheme. But uh, yeah, I, I and I think that that's genius. And I think yeah. that, that kind of goes into my point about having an agent is if if people want to make this a career and business and make money, then you need to treat it as such. Mm-hmm. And... Old Grand Athletes going to be part of a camp soon. You're... Yeah. You're only going to make money by being in a situation like that. Yeah. No longer are you going to be Joe Schmo from the box down the road, who's the hometown hero. You make it to regionals, then you make it to the games, and then you go back, you know, after you didn't win, and you go back and just coach at your box. Yeah. I, I, and I think, call yourself a professional athlete. Yeah. I think some will, right? I think there'll, there'll be some athletes that, that really their best move is to actually stay with their coach. And it's not going to be to join another camp. But I also think that that's not going to be the majority. I, I think the majority of the best athletes will have to align with a camp. If, yeah. if, if they want to, you know, make it a real career, especially that like the competitions are very hit or miss on whether you're going to make money or not. And you also think about this too, the, 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 the lifespan of a CrossFit athlete is not very long. Well, yeah, you know, we're, we're talking like 10 years, probably. That's, that, that's a big 10 is that's yeah. a big if. Yeah. You know, I think, that's, yeah. I think that's an outlier. I think most people, it's well, like three to five years. Well, five. It's, well, like a, only, it's like a football player's lifespan. And then well, obviously say, there are people that are 10 years, but they're not the majority. Well, I only say 10 because we've had a lot of people at a high level for that long. But I also think that their 10 years is different because the sport was still immature when they started. Yes. Yeah. And this and here's the scary thing about the sport is it, it's evolved so much. To a point where like the ceiling is super high, right? So we don't know if, you know, they're going to try to come out with some, because this is what we were talking about pre-show, is if they want to make this a professional sport, then you have to have some kind of governing body. And then you have a players association of some sort. And that's where things get kind of tricky. But there are people in this sport, because if you really think about it, the amount of time, money, and energy you put into this sport, right? You got guys who have to eat a certain way. They sleep at a certain time. They buy these expensive mattresses that are cool and, you know, they go get recovery and that's expensive. You are technically a professional athlete if you think about it. Right now, you have to be compensated as one. And I think that's where it gets a little dicey because I I use Christian as an example all the time. Like that man has made himself a, a, a brand. Yeah. Right. You know, he's sponsored by multiple companies, does well, has his gym. You know, and, you know, he has his company as Move Fast, Live Heavy, which he then marketed into, you know. I love that name, by the way. It's so good. Yeah, it's such a catchy name. Yeah. And now he has the training, you know, train with CH or, you know, Move Fast, Live Heavy. Like he has all of this branded around him. He's the one guy that took and guys like Elijah, like Elijah Muhammad is another guy, you know, live heavy often as in every day. He does seminars. He's traveled the world. He has a deal with True Grit. He has a, he has a sneaker deal. Now, mind you, he's not 
the most notable when it comes to making the podium, all right, or making games, but he's getting checks. Yeah, well, he's, they were, he's able to sustain a a good livelihood. Yeah, they were smart and they were like, "How do I make money out of this?" Now, all right, I, well, I'm maybe I'm good, but I'm not going to win. I mean, I'm sure that those guys, I know that they want to win, but real athletes know like what they're capable of. Yeah, like I wouldn't they walk into a water polo game and be like. Well, that's the number one team in the country. I'll fucking beat them if I want to. No, I knew. Like, even if I played my best game, I would have glimpses of, wow, that kid is not as bad as I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm still going to get fucking dominated. But there's other ways to like, do it. So doing what Christian and, and Elijah did, I think, is is smart. Yeah, I believe they're at the forefront of, of the sport when it comes to this. You have to be almost like, you have to be pretty entrepreneurial. Yeah, you, that, you have to. Because it's not as easy as, I mean, well, even even kids and in, in stuff in, in these other sports now that they can do the... NIL deals. Yeah. They're, there. they're their own business, you know? Like, they know what they're posting on Instagram and social media to get money. They know what they got to do and perform. At the end of the day, if you're doing this sport and you're spending time and and your own money, you should be compensated. And kids, well, you should sport, figure out how to get compensated. Out to get compensated. Not, you know, not that you should, because it's, it's not your your right to be compensated for the right. choice that 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 you're making. I stand corrected. Thank you. You know, you want to you want to be smart and say, well, if I'm going to do this as my full time job, then I need to find a way to be compensated as my full time job. And also for the governing body, we can call it CrossFit for right now. If you are going to call it a professional sport, which I'm. Come to think of it, I'm actually not sure if CrossFit HQ has ever called themselves a professional sport. I'm not sure. Well, they need to because they have the right to suspend. Yeah. Because they ban people for four years. So if you go to any sanctioned event, you can't. I mean, so does the Olympics and it's amateur. Okay. So, so you know. The Olympics has has a governing body. Yeah. But CrossFit is a governing body. But it it doesn't mean that it's professional is what I'm saying just because you have a governing body. So I'm not sure if CrossFit... You know, it, it's I wish like we could take calls on man, You know, it, it's like you can. I've heard of people saying it's a professional sport or that it should be a professional sport, but I'm not sure if CrossFit HQ has ever said it. Yeah. If, I, if, if someone out there actually knows, please let us know because I would. Because I mean, they're shelling out cash and they can say, hey, you can't compete in a sanctioned event for four years because you tested positive for a banned substance. But I, I, I do get the feeling that they're trying to move in that direction. So I, I think that's a pretty accurate thing to say is that they're trying to move in a more professionalized way. So now does it become like a circuit? And then there's like a quote-unquote league minimum? What's a league that's minimum? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, so like, like in the are. NFL, like if you're on the roster, there's a minimum amount of money that the team has to pay you, and I think yeah. it's like 200 grand a year. Yeah, and there's, and there's, there's tiers. Can you so believe that? You, you if you're in the league for four like years, third stringer, and never play a second in an NFL game, granted you're probably still better than most athletes on this planet, but yeah. you make two hundred grand a year. This is what I'm saying. Dope. And you also think about this too, right? So, if, if you know, you talk about football, right? There's tiers with this, right? So if you if you're a four year athlete, then you get that you get that minimum, right? Yeah. So there's a rookie minimum. So, there's and a, that's a, where the, vetted, the players association comes in. And then you if you play. You have to play four consecutive years to get into their union. So I think that CrossFit won't move in that direction ever because it's too niche. Whereas like the NFL is so large that those things happen more organically. 
I think with CrossFit, what we can expect to see are like minimum payouts for every event. At least that's a good start is, hey, if you, <laughs> so sorry, if you, I think if you compete, well, so then do you think that so, CrossFit should set here's, minimum purse for here's sanctioned events? Here's, here's exactly how, here's how I think you can solve this problem. I think you can separate them into professional competitions and amateur competitions, the same way where there's professional mixed martial arts and there's amateur mixed martial arts. You know, you, you can actually do both. So if you want to call yourself a professional competition, then yes, you have to follow the rules. You have to have a minimum payout. That means all, particip all participating athletes get paid just for showing up. That's like the number one tier. If you do not pay 100% of your participating athletes, you are an amateur competition. And you have to label yourself as such so the athletes have a better understanding of where they should put their energy and choices to compete. Does that make sense? Which I think a lot of these places that could be professional level competitions already have a structure in place and that they will probably have more of an invitational process to guarantee that they're going to get that return back because a more notable name is coming to their event. So I think it's going to be like most other sports. You have to crush the amateur track in order to start getting these invites to the professional level competitions. Who the fuck do we need to talk to to figure this out? I mean, I could definitely get I like, was like this motherfucker right here. I could definitely get somebody who's like a sports agent in CrossFit to come on the show. That would so be maybe, cool. Maybe we could kind of pick the brains of a CrossFit agent because I don't even know how yeah, I don't they even, work deals. I don't even know how the inner workings of that go on. You know, Honestly, I, I think... All I've seen is Entourage. That's the closest that I have to fucking agents. <laughs> and I'm, I believe it. I think that that's exactly how it goes. I, I think a really good start would be for one of the more successful off-season competitions. It was a Live Loud Sport, the organizer of Guadalupe. Mm -hmm. I think if they started saying we're a professional CrossFit competition and they start setting the standard is we pay all of our athletes, boom, and this is how we do it. And then from there... You, if you just create the definition of what is a professional competition and you just set the rules, which pretty much should be all based around money or, or rather paying the athletes, then other competitions can, you know, you, you just can't call yourself a professional competition if all your athletes are not getting paid, period. And then however process you want to deal with who gets to compete is really up to each organizer. If, if you want to do an online qualifier, go for it. If you want to do an invitational process, go for it. If you want to do a hybrid, go for it. But I think that's a pretty good first step in calling yourself a professional. I kind of like that. You know, and then you don't even have to get into the like whole pro card stuff because it's. That's where I was thinking. Is, you, do you yeah, get a pro I, card? I actually it's, saw your wheels it's, turning. It's, I'm Because I'm just small. Thinking, yeah. Maybe eventually. I think if the sport grew, grew large enough, it would be or, like organic. But right now we're still at the point where like your box fire breather can actually make it to a semifinal. You know, yeah. so, so, so it's. Do they need to go and compete on the amateur track before being invited to the semifinal? It's like, eh, no. Yeah, but if, I don't know, I'm kind of up in the air with that shit because I feel like if you're trying to get to that next level, like games athlete, you, this has to be a full-time job. Like you have to do this yeah, for yeah. a living. There's nobody yeah. that, because like years ago you used to get, I'm a teacher and I made the CrossFit games. That shit's not happening no well, more. Well, Will Carter made the games. And he's a teacher. As a, as a, as a team <laughs> athlete. Is a, I'm just being... And also, devil's advocate. 
And Will Carter's situation is is, is ext- extremely unique. Yeah, his whole gym at at school is a CrossFit gym. That is so dope. Have you seen that yeah. school? John, shout out to John Jay Cross River because they reorganized that gym to be a CrossFit box based on his like <laughs> for a high school suggestion. Yeah, I mean they got yeah. the money. Fucking why not? But they interviewed. I, mean, I remember he said he was like, yeah, they interviewed and I kind of told him like what I want to do, and the guy was like, yeah. all right, we'll build it, and he was like. I was like, never leave now he that has, job. You know, the, the whole PE staff trains in there. That's Fuck. so cool. I mean, it's badass. Yeah. So, hey, CrossFit, if you ever listen to this podcast, probably you not. should probably <laughs> have a conversation we need an agent with and Will then Carter. Listen. Because Will Carter took your methodology and brought it to a freaking school. Maybe you should try to do that across the nation. Yeah. You know, if you got the funds, why not allocate it to this? Bobby Love tried to do it. He wasn't successful. No, no, no. Those Bronx elementary schools don't. The Bronx was not having it. No, we can't do it in the BX. You could do it in Westchester, though. Yeah. I also wanted to talk about these failing CrossFit competitions. Yeah. Bad organizing, huh? Was it it the Canada West, right? I don't want to. Was it? it, Yeah, I think it's called the the Canada West. I don't know, but. I thought Canada West was a region. Not an event. Yeah, no, but I think that was the name of that the That was event. the name of the comp. Mm. Yeah, the can't I'm I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. But regardless, it was a pretty popular failure. And I believe this was the same was it organizer. Like Firefest failure or? pretty much. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Jaro. God damn. But yeah, I mean the problem is so so here's the problem I have with some of these some of these competitions. Well, well, for our, our listeners who are unfamiliar with that situation, this was a competition that essentially they did not have the prize purse to pay. They didn't have the promised prize purse for the athletes. So the athletes are on some sort of like payment plan. So it's kind of a disaster that the, the, the event ended up losing a ton of money and not being able to pay out the athletes. European championships? Is it? Formed athletes that the competition racked up a large amount of debt. Ultimately, athletes can't expect to be paid anytime soon, if at all. Did you read that from the morning chalk up? Yeah. Then Canada. Oh. Then, that, then that's the comp. Yeah. This is what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. We stand so, corrected. And European. that's got to suck for the athlete, right? Because Yo, that you, was you such spent... a Jamie move right there. It was. That was so Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> the athlete took their time, money, went to this event. Performed and still has not received payment. Yeah. Imagine this situation, right? Imagine you're a not sponsored athlete and you're like, you know what? I think my chances of going here and winning third place, we'll call it 10 grand, is pretty high. It's going to cost me $2,000 to get here. I'm going to net eight. I, I, I got a pretty good chance. You go there, you do your thing. And then they're like, by the way, we don't have your money. <laughs> Thank you for putting on a show for our spectators. Thank you for taking your time and your energy in coming here and preparing and, you know, taking time away from maybe your other job if you have one or your family, whatever. I would be pissed. You you worked, you essentially worked for me for free because we mismanaged how this was going to work out. So this comes back then to if there's a governing body, right, now if you, all right, so there's minimums on how much you have to pay out at these events. And in order to be able to host the event, you yeah. need to show proof of funds that that shit's held in escrow. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Let the attorneys that's fucking a, hold it or, that's you know, whatever. Start. Yeah. This and is, then this is business camp talking. And right then and, boom. And have a business plan of how you're going to generate revenue. Yeah. Cause now I, I'm sure, I mean, I'm not an attorney, but like 
you can fucking sue. I'm sure. Absolutely. I'm sure there's some sort of legal precedent that you can sue that you won. Well, what if they made him sign a waiver and they didn't read the whole, maybe they threw it in the fine. Well, part. then I'd have your attorney read that waiver and be like, does it say if we're unable to pay, then tough cookie? Then very who knows? I doubt it. Who knows? I mean, listen, I'm gonna make a a total assumption that if they didn't secure money, that their waiver wasn't ironclad either. <laughs> it's because I'm I'm pretty sure they had to pay to to compete, obviously, right? So yeah, did yeah. they even get refunded the money that they paid to compete? Well, yeah. they're being promised the money, but in like installments. And uh, oh fuck that! I, I think I read like a quote: "Cod baby, cash on delivery. I need all my." It money. said if at all. That was the quote. Where'd you see it about installments? Uh, I think Andrew Hiller covered it. Mm. I mean, because that that's a different story now. Yeah, that, that if you're like, not getting, getting paid at all, it's like, very different than getting paid in installments. Yeah, they're, they're, that's they're more of an like, inconvenience versus what? What's oh oh? What is? It's not misrepresentation. It's um. There's like a legal term for it. Where's Gary? <sighs> Where's Gary when you need him? There's like a term that you can sue them for, like. Basically, like faking it. Ah, I, I forget what it's called, but damn it, we should. I'm sure that there, like I said before, I'm sure that there's some sort of like legal standing that you can do or whatever. I, I'm telling you, bro, we should live stream the show one day and have people call in. We just do the show when people are working. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's true. No, Hold so on. then we have another correction. Athletes await payouts from Canada West Games delayed until undisclosed date. So there are two competitions, the European Championships so, okay. and the Canada West Games. So then uh, to, to what I said earlier about, or what Jay and I were saying is governing body. And if you want to host an event, let me ask them. Here's the minimum. And then attorneys need to, you need to set up an, a business and then that money needs to go into that account. And then it gets held by, you know, the governing bodies, attorney in escrow. And then they're the ones that pay you out. Here's the million dollar question. The million dollar question is, how do we make CrossFit more profitable? And something just kind of- Hold on. Define CrossFit more profitable. CrossFit, the sport of CrossFit? I, I want it to be profitable for the athlete, right? So this just popped into my brain right now, right? So for those of you who don't know, I used to roll a blade back in the day, right? And- Were you the guy that did the cones? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I used to aggressive inline. Let's make that very clear. I was not oh, in Central Park. Were you on Brink? <laughs> No, but it, it, so Brink was basically one of the, the holy trinities of one of the pieces of the holy trinity in, roll, in rollerblade movies. Yeah. It's up there with like Airborne, and it was like another movie. I can't think of it right now. But anyway, Aggressive Inline had these, these two like governing bodies, if you, if, if you will. So they had the NIST, which was the National Inline Skate Series, and they had the American Skaters Association. So you would get invited to an event, right? And if you won said event at said location, you, you would then get an invite to become a pro, right? So each governing body had a different way of doing it, but that's how you became a pro. I think CrossFit should kind of do something like that because they have these big events, right? Like the Dubai, whatever, right? You got Wadapalooza. Those are non-sanctioned CrossFit. CrossFit doesn't, they can't call themselves a CrossFit competition is essentially it. But so, so that's the fucking problem I have. Because it's a CrossFit competition. Yeah. They have all the biggest names there. And at one point, that was a way to, to punch your ticket to get to the games. So why not? I don't think CrossFit wants any responsibility if those governing, if, if those organizations mess up. So think of like the Kevin Ogar situation. 
They they used to be really. Oh, they that's used not to be, even a comp anymore. That OC throwdown. People yeah. are going out there and getting fucking thrashed. But before, but before that, those places would, would call themselves a CrossFit competition, and CrossFit was kind of late about it. They were like, "Yeah, you're like, like you can't, but we're not going to." So you think it's more of a liability issue? I think that CrossFit doesn't have the infrastructure at the moment to take on that kind of responsibility. All right, so, so they about, need to create. Thank you. He beat me to the punch. Go ahead, Cam. A separate business yes. extension that is, all right, you have CrossFit HQ, which is methodology, seminars, yada, yada, yada. Then you have CrossFit Games as its own Entity. thing that manages some of that stuff. Yeah, which they kind of have it set like that right now between the Games website and the Instagram. But yes, they don't well, have... Well, social media isn't... I mean, I could have another account too. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that like they, it seems like they kind of started it and just they kind of left it there and they, they don't quite know. I mean, it it's really hard to tell because is the goal of the CrossFit Games to find the fittest person on earth or is it to create a legitimate sport? Well, I and think that, it, I don't, I don't I know. I think in its inception, it was to find the fittest person on earth. Now it's a fucking sport. People yeah. are making which, millions of dollars on this. Yeah, which I think, in my opinion, I think CrossFit headquarters should completely separate itself from the sport and leave it for someone else to run. I think they should dump it. They should dump the CrossFit games completely. And and then what? Have someone else run it as its own entity. So have yes. Adrian Bosman just run it as a professional fitness league. And it's just not called CrossFit. It's actually ran like a real league. Why not that, why not that grid shit. Hmm? Why can't you call it CrossFit? Because, I mean, now now we're kind of getting off of like topic a little bit, but because CrossFit, the sport and the methodology, they end up crossing in a way that is actually not beneficial and not the goal of CrossFit. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, but they're too intertwined now, and a rebrand. Yes. would you could do I it. I think it's going to hurt, dude. It'd be very expensive. Any any rebrand hurts in the short term. But, Super expensive. But if the but mission, does it hurt enough to where it fucking kills it? No, no, I I do not think so at all. I think that affiliates would thrive. I think there would be more affiliates that want to open. But it's That's such an idea. But but it's a long play. It's it's a long play that we would. Yeah, you know, I I think leadership would would. Here's a Jamie question, just popped in my head. How do do NFL, NBA, MLB, obviously you own the team, right? Or like several people or a company owns the Yankees. Yes. Does the Yankees organization pay a quote-unquote affiliate fee to be the in the MLB? Probably. Oh, probably. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I'll be willing so, to bet. So this kind of comes back to the camps and stuff. I don't know. This is just like a, a raw idea. But I was thinking of like football clubs, like yeah. soccer clubs, like in Europe, and how they have like Chelsea Football Club, you know, whatever. Yeah. But you have like the training think tank fitness club, and then they are part of the CrossFit Games. So they're almost like teams, but they can send individuals, but they pay to be a part of that. Oh, I actually like that. And then you can have like fan base around. Happens if they man, don't, though. Yeah, we're, man, we're, fucking turn. we're a training think tank team, and then. Just like we watch Sports Center, we bitch about you know so and so on the Astros. I'll be like, "What the fuck is Travis Mayer man. doing, man? Training Think Tank <laughs> sucks this year." You know, so it makes it a lot more engaging. And then you could almost have like a cup where it's like 
We already did that. Like all the affiliate cup. Yeah, the affiliate cup. I'm saying bring that in, but now it's teams. It's these clubs. So the mayhem could win it, and you could win it by having and then X we can, number of and people. And then we can fan the shit out of it. And then, I see. yeah, so X number of so people qualify for the games out of your club, then you and then they place high enough. I mean, overall. they kind of already do that, but it's so it makes but it it's out of the affiliate and not necessarily. Yeah, but you were like, talking about Joe Schmo and Susie Q fucking doing the open, and that's how you win the affiliate cup, right? For the people registering for the open or placing the highest. No, you win the affiliate cup by winning the CrossFit Games. Oh, is that what it's... What is it when you win... When you have the most people from the Open? Oh, I don't know what it's called, but it's not the affiliate cup. Oh, that's what I thought it was. Oh, no. It's Spirit of the Open. <laughs> Spirit of the <laughs> Open? <laughs> no, but then, so... Yeah, it might be called that. It would be a whole other like dimension to the CrossFit Games because you could win as an individual and as a club. So if five people from mm. your club make it... Yes, I see. And then... All the points that you get factor into your club's score. And then at the end of the weekend, you get a score for I'll that. i bring you to Shark Tank, Cam. That I can... I'm fucking yeah, let's this fucking thing. do it. Because this is bullshit, man. This, this, this type of stuff should be happening. But I think the, the root of it all is that, like, nobody wants to take on the project. Yeah, I mean, it's So they're massive. just kind of like, all right, well, well you, you, you can this. run this and it's a sh- sanctioned event. Uh, okay, you know, all right, do this. So let me ask you a question. Nobody's right? taking authority to just, like, Put their foot down and be like, this is the way that it fucking is. And, just, I, and I think it's doable. I, there's it's, so it's, many ways to do it. And I mean, and they should compete with the CrossFit games directly. So yeah. I don't think CrossFit should do it. I think someone else should. Yeah, that's fine. I don't care who I does would love it. if like Rogue did it. I actually thought Rogue was going to make a push when CrossFit was dump Castro. Yeah. When he yeah. dumped Castro and the whole Reebok situation came into play, I was like, oh, something's coming. And I thought Rogue was going to make the push, but it, they didn't. Yeah, I just don't know that anybody has the money. Yeah, I mean, no, it, it, they have the money, but I'm not sure if they've figured out a confident way to for it to be profitable if they were to do it. Because that's that's the hard part. Because it's too niche to rely on high volume spectator tickets. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at the games. The games doesn't make any money. Games doesn't make any money. So the problem is, yeah. how do, how do you make it profitable? I want to know how the streaming works. I want to know why they got away from ESPN. I have so many questions. Yeah. You know, why don't they do a deal like Canelo did with that? What's that shit? Dazzin? Mm. That streaming service? Yeah. Where they could be like, it DAZN. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So. Dude, dude, it's it's because Canelo makes that money back 10x. This goes back to what we were talking it's a, about. It's a volume game. So CrossFit is too nice to, to play a volume game. And it's too risky to make it a volume game because it's it's not that spectator friendly to watch on TV. Like you would kind of, it's like a sideshow, you know, look at like strongman and stuff. Only like certain people want to watch that. No, but they still, but strongman, they generate a decent amount of revenue, bro. But not that much. Not that they much. They still make money, man. Guys like uh, Brian Shaw, who I interviewed, he lives in a fucking, he's got a compound out well, there. He's got a Netflix documentary also. True. Yeah. But and, I mean, who but, goes but, to say that? Wasn't he in a boxing match? So who's and in then the, he pulled out? But yeah. So he was going to die? <laughs> Jay, so who's the fifteenth best professional strongman? I have no fucking exactly, clue. But and he makes no money. Who's probably. the best? Who's the fifteenth best crossfit? Exactly, that's that's, that's, my, that's whole my whole point. point. Exactly. <laughs> we don't no, know. Man, you make it. You make it. You make it a very valid point. I'm not. I'm not negating it at Is all. Is he? Because I feel like he's just shooting down our dreams I, to I'm, play devil's advocate. Just to play devil's advocate. <laughs> but no, I mean he's on to something. But what I'm saying is, I, I mean, there's some people who don't give a shit about the MLB. 
I, I can I can ask not until October at least. Yeah, some people don't give a shit. But everyone know. knows what it is. Do you? They do, but everybody. I think everybody knows what CrossFit is. No. Yes. No. My parents barely know what CrossFit is. Actually, I bet my parents don't know what CrossFit is. They just know that I do it, but they have no idea what it is. Do your parents know what CrossFit? Whose is? fault is that? Yes, they do. Huh. And and I'm and I will say there's probably a small group of people who don't know because they're everywhere. Maybe they've heard of it, but they the don't really know what it is. Well, yeah, I think there's levels to like what they're. I mean, it's the same shit with professional is. sports. Or some people like everyone yeah. knows the MLB is baseball. I just scored a touchdown. Yeah, but they don't. Know. They may not know the inner workings That's of what I'm baseball. Yeah, they're they not under, gonna know. But they understand the game. Like, who is these? Some people judge. Most dude, most people in the United States understand the game of baseball. Most people in the United States do not understand the the game of CrossFit. I'm sorry, I got an Astro. I got an Astro fan in the fucking building. Sorry, we're gonna match up in the ALCS. It's all good, bro. It's all good. You guys can't cheat this time, so we might have a standing chance. All right, cheater, fucking cheaters. But what I'm saying is, I think. Listen, and you're telling me that the Yankees and the history. Have never cheated. We just never got caught. You fuckers got caught. In a, in a town that is notorious for the mafia from a vast <laughs> amount of different nationalities hearsay. occupying this town. Hearsay. Listen, yeah. That's hearsay, exactly. Hearsay. Yeah, I can show you some articles. Erroneous. Erroneous. We'll go, we'll go down the conspiracy trail. <laughs> I don't want to hear that Erroneous. shit. Erroneous. Erroneous on all counts. No, what I'm saying is, I think that's it's like that with any sport, though. Like, some people know it, some people don't. I feel like... CrossFit is notable. It has the notoriety that we could potentially do these things that we're speaking about. Someone's got to get at the helm and put some, you know, boots to ground and make shit happen. Random thought number 17 of the day. What if they did? So if somebody took over that side of the CrossFit games, call it whatever you want. But as like a marketing campaign, they went and did combine type stuff like, I like so that. now you go into these gyms and like, hey man, and like other sports. Hey, you're playing high school football. You getting recruited for college? No, you're a freak in the weight room, man. Let me tell you another. Well, I think they kind of try to do that with grid. Yeah, but they they just they did it wrong. With they grid, did it wrong, right? and I, and grid tried to be so different by doing these weird movements and and different things. It was too circusy. Yeah, but have fucking tryouts, man. I think so. Grid, like the bobsled how Blaine McConnell did it yeah. is they had a combine that he got to try out for and he never bobsled a day in his and this, life. And this is what I'm saying. Like you got guys that bleed over into other sports, right? You got, you know, weightlifting, bobsledding, etc. I believe that this sport can get to a space where guys can, you know, make a decent amount of money. You could do the combine, you could go into a draft because you, you know, don't get picked up by a club. Disgruntled athletes are running around here. Think of some of these top guys. They're all disgruntled athletes. You know what I mean? Like a Rich Froning. He played. He was. He was a baseball player. Yeah. Disgruntled baseball player. You know what I mean? Like well, a lot. And a lot of the the guys and girls that come from like other sports. Yeah. Blame. And Blame this isn't to like knock player. them, but like they weren't good enough at that sport, but they were really incredible at training and like the weight room. Yeah. They just weren't sports specifically good at football. I think all those brute strength like, guys uh, went to the, like university like well, Utah. The Pan- Scott Panchik, he was a college football player, but like he played D3, nothing to, nothing nothing right to like, mom about. you know, but like impressive, but he didn't get picked up by the NFL. Cause like he probably wasn't that good of a football player, but so clearly he was fucking strong and clearly he could run and do all these other things. 
That's where you go, man. You start picking people up, give them a home. But it all comes Teach them how to, to butterfly. No one's got no... We just don't have a way of paying them. Yeah, No true. one does. I hit you with the Kenny Powers. Anybody try to be good at exercising? <laughs> play real sports. Not the best at exercising. Yeah, well, why do they want to play real sports? Because real sports pay. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I think that's where it comes down to. Is this has to get to a point where... Someone's got to spend some some green. Yeah, and and I think you guys had a pretty good idea before the show about how oh. event organizers can generate more revenue for their event while increasing the payout for athletes and making it fun for the spectators. Vegas, F- baby. Fan duel it out. Dude. How much you want to bet? bet uh, on Rich everything. goes unbroken on this set. So... For Dude, those of us that don't know, have a bet for everything. So, can someone explain FanDuel for the audience? Because I actually, I only know about it. From I don't. You guys. I don't do FanDuel. I use DraftKings. DraftKings. Or, All right, so just explain or, DraftKings. Yeah, or just like the yeah, I mean, it, it's an app, and and you can bet on pretty much anything that you want. Literally anything. And if you give me a CrossFit example. All right. Well, if you wanted to bet on, let's say that we were at Wadapalooza, you could bet on who's going to win. Who's going to have the most event wins? Who's going to win event one? Who is going to be, I don't know, last place? I don't know. Like You could bet you could bet when a guy picks up a barbell, will he go unbroken? Shit like that. Okay. It's to the it's really, smallest now, of smallest. And now the organizer makes up these type of things you can bet on? No, it would be somebody would have to have their own thing that would be the umbrella for all the sanctioned events. So if I bet on golf, I'm betting on all the PGA events, but PGA isn't the one that's determining the bets. It's it's a casino. So who DraftKings so is so, in my so does case. The, in, in this situation, the organizers don't receive any money. It would just be the, the app itself. Right. In essence. But if you were part of the organization... It could be set up, I'm sure, that if, let's say that we're at Wadapalooza and a million dollars gets gambled and the house walks away with, you know, half because half people won, got their money, and then half, you know, goes back to the house. Then you could say that because Wadapalooza is part of this overarching thing, they get a cut of it. And then that helps to go fund the athletes and the expenses on top of the registration fees, the vendors that have their stuff mm-hmm. there, all that other stuff that comes yeah. into the mix. So it's just another revenue, revenue stream, stream for them. I like that idea. So now if it goes to the individual, like if I'm going to make a bet, like, Hey, Rich Froning's going to go unbroken on this. He rich Froning wouldn't necessarily get paid because of that specific bet. Yeah. It would be from the pool. Mm-hmm. And then if you win, then you get yeah, Basically, it's yeah. just help paying for, and then they can have bigger purses. Because you can le- legitimately bet on any any aspect of the workout. Cool. So let's actually go around in a, I was going to say circle, but we're more like a triangle right now. We'll go around the room and talk about what are your deepest feelings. Your How do you top- set your heart on fire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in what ways, Jay, in your opinion, do you think would be the most impactful way for organizers to professionalize events, a.k.a. generate more revenue to help the sport grow. 
so we don't see failures like the Canada West games or the European championships. So Cameron contributed the FanDuel. You guys contributed the FanDuel idea. That was a, yeah. that was a team effort. Yeah, that was so a team effort. What else do you think? I mean, that, that's where my brain was. I mean, I don't even That's where know. I thought he was going. Yeah. I don't even know how they would even... Because, I, I mean... I literally will watch something that I never watch because I put a bet on it. Ooh. You like me. Dude. And, I mean, this is a whole slippery slope, but there's fucking people who gamble... Their lives away. Yeah. I mean, in a bad way. But, like, some people, that's, like, their hobby. Yeah. And they literally watch the most obscure things... Purely because they put money on it, Cameron. So besides the fan duel, no, that's right, I'm sticking Kings. to it. I mean, OnlyFans. What's what's the other thing? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about here? I mean, you want to generate money, and no one wants to fork over to pay them more, so you have to generate it from outside sources. Well, here's here's I think some of the fundamental problems. The biggest one being they're renting out massive places and not filling it up. But that. They gotta stop that. That's, but that's their thing, fault. So they've been doing that for yes, a while. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. Is but that, that doesn't help. Things, yeah, that that helps the entire thing. Stop trying to rent out these massive things, and 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 paying different organizations for your programming. Stop all of this stuff and just make it a little bit smaller. Because we're, if you're gonna sit there and depend on like on like ticket sales, you're gonna fail. I mean, I don't know how many times these events have to continue like falling short on ticket sales to. Realize that it's not working. Well, they also have concession stands. You forgot about those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think first is bringing it smaller. I, I think if they had, I'm going to call them like regional style where like you rent it out like a 10 or 20,000 foot CrossFit gym, pay them money because there's lots of these that exist. Why couldn't you go around and, pay, you know, have you guys been to the, I don't know if it's still around, but it was a Reebok CrossFit one over in the Reebok campus in Massachusetts. It's like a 10,000 square foot CrossFit yeah. gym. It's beautiful. And it's, it's on a, and it's on a campus. It's like you couldn't rent that out for like 10 or 20 grand a weekend. I, I would easily rent out my gym for a weekend. Yeah, but then I think we don't have 10,000. Yeah, but the problem is, yeah, you run into a parking. logistical nightmare. When It's not how many 10,000 square foot CrossFit gyms do you think exist in the, in the United States? At least a thousand. Really? Yeah. There's... Maybe not a thousand, but at least five hundred because there's how many in the U.S. There's sixteen thousand affiliates, and I think about eight or nine or ten thousand, and that might be just in the USA alone. I can actually look at that set because it's on the Zen Planner benchmark. But there's a lot of ten thousand square foot plus facilities that exist, especially like even in New York alone, they exist. Maybe and not in that. A, maybe not in like an ideal location, but it doesn't it doesn't matter that much because your overhead is now a fraction of what it was before. So now you can actually pay out all your athletes. You have 20 participants, you can pay out all 20 because you have saved 90% of your <clears throat> of your rental cost. So do you think that they do something along this? If it's not, if you're not going to have a ton of spectators, do you think that they do some sort of streaming like Flow Wrestling does? And then yeah, you pay gonna, for a Flow Wrestling account? Suggest and yeah, then you get I to think watch it? A thousand percent get connected with Flow because Flow covers all of the net sports. I, I don't know what the cost of Flow is, but I think it's a, not a bad thing to explore. So I think they need to downsize the events, even at the semifinal level. Like, stop this shit, dude. You guys are connected to so many CrossFit affiliates. You have so much time. Go and just get all the logistics out of the way. Have a security deposit in case events break. Make sure that, or even have your own equipment sponsor. 
You know, there, there's so many creative ways to actually make sure that this, this gets done in a nice professional manner, have standards for like parking spaces, hotels that are nearby. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? They're so concerned with how it looks visually that they're just losing money. It's really stupid. So you're saying add in, add in your fan duel and your things that, that, that could create more revenue. Make sure that you have an online qualifier, which costs pretty much nothing, nothing. and it costs people to participate in. Boom, solve the problem. Pay these athletes. I, I actually like that. That's not even a bad idea. But, but the main thing is they have to downsize it. The, the problem is they, they want to make it look sexy. That's the problem. It's not working. And it won't work. Because, like, continue. you know, like the Granite yeah. Games, like they, you know, they hold it at the Vikings, like, training facility. Yeah. It was huge and there was no one in it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's always been a problem because they were, yeah. that was, it was like that at the StubHub Center in, in, in LA. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I don't think the athletes would care that much. It's, yeah, they wouldn't a little bit. But if you're like, hey, you either get to participate in this really cool thing and it's going to cost you money and you're not going to win anything unless you're like top three and you win like a thousand bucks or you're going to get paid no matter what. I think every athlete would say, I'd rather get paid and work out in a big CrossFit box than go to a stadium and not get paid yeah. and actually lose money for I mean, that game. makes almost too much sense and I think they probably wouldn't even do it because it makes that much sense because... It's too obvious. Yeah, it, it's, it's like you have the option because I didn't know there were that many gyms that had that kind of size. Dude, even if there's only 50 in the United States, that's still 50 that you get to try to make a deal with. Dude, and think about it, like most gyms would say yes. It's like, Yo, close out your gym for a weekend and we'll give you 10 or 20 grand. Who would say no? Yeah. Who would say no to that? Yeah, we would do that in a heartbeat if we could. Yeah. If they're like, hey, Manny, shut down your gym for a weekend and we'll give you 10 grand and we'll give you like a $5,000 security deposit and we'll do all the legwork for the permits, I'd say, Dope, I'm out of here. Give me five grand, I'll do it. Do you think it'll 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 like even out because they would have to get like parking stuff, you know, permits and all that. You think it'll like they have, that's easy. That's the easy part. Well, easy in terms of it's not that expensive. Okay. You know I mean I don't know any of this shit, so you know, but that that legwork you do six months ahead of time. I mean, they have to do it for the games. You know, they have to go to the town of Madison and make sure that they have permits to close down the streets. I still, so, it still angers me that they, it, they do it in Madison. Have you been out to Madison? I don't have to. Jay, Actually, Madison's Jay, a pretty it's cool good. town. I'm telling you, I liked it better than California. Is it, cool, is it a cool town for yes. you or is it a cool town for me? Uh, hey, Jay, well, Jay, Manny Jay, it. Jay. He's in the middle, though. We're treated the same. Wow. <laughs> You you know this. I'm gonna grab maybe my popcorn. Not, maybe maybe not to the same degree, but we are not looked at as you know the Camerons. I I, I hear you. I, mean, I just loved L.A. That, man. You can't say that. What? You can't say that. Yes, I can. I'm you can't brown. Make me feel bad. Yes, I can because I'm brown and you're white. <laughs> you can't say it. You I know. Can't I can't say, say anything. You can't say it. Camerons. This is madness. <laughs> Anyways, no. But Madison was a really cool town. We went to a, a cool. Like rooftop bar, yeah, yeah. dude. It's very, right. it's very walkable. Yeah. I like that. Demographically, right, I, mean, I don't know, it. I don't know what it is demographically. I I respect your guys' opinions, so therefore I will take a look. I mean, about and go Jay, this year. you live in Westchester, my friend. Yeah, you're right. I do, <laughs> I do, I do, I do. I'm not gonna lie about that. I I do like where I live. Yeah, and you're um, in, you're in Croton too, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I I think we covered all the all the topics we were supposed to cover today. This was a fun um, one. This yeah. is definitely was a fun one. This was like really lighthearted and loose. But I definitely am going to try to get an agent of some sort 
Yeah, on cool. the show. I've always been so curious about just that and maybe, job. Maybe I'll try to reach out to James to see if I can get his insight. Boom. As to the whole mouse situation. Yeah, right? I mean, obviously, don't want to put him in a position where... No, no, no. I, we I stir mean, the pot. He's a man of grace. I don't think he'll say anything like yeah. out of, out of you know, out of character, or outlandish. I think, you know, he'll, he'll answer the questions in the best way he can and not having to really offend anybody or anything yeah. like that, you know. But we do want some authenticious answers. I want some juice. <laughs> I want some tea. <laughs> but yes, man, uh, thank you guys for tuning in to the Coaching Couch Podcast. I always say this, please subscribe and share. This helps us reach a bigger demographic. I think more often than not, we forget to support the the, the local podcast. I do believe we, we are the probably the the best gym podcast or CrossFit podcast in Westchester. I'm gonna I'm gonna give us that self proclaimed <laughs> title. Well, I'd say that we're one of just a handful. Yeah, I mean, there's not many. So, uh, They've tried. They first, haven't maintained. First place out of first. First out of first. <laughs> Listen, I got my pro card, bitch. That's it. So, like I said, please subscribe, share, tell a friend to tell a friend, because that way we can reach a bigger demographic and potentially get some sponsors on here. You know, I drink coffee. We all drink coffee. Anybody got some coffee beans they want to throw us our way? <laughs> throw um, some coffee. No, literally throw it at us. Throw it at us because we'll mean, take it. I mean, bag it first and then you bag can toss it. it. Then, nope, then don't toss throw it, it at us. me. <laughs> But it's like fecal matter, like a monkey. Oh, stop it. This is the coaching couch signing out. See you guys. Don't later. forget to do whatever sets your heart on fire, people. I know what you rich mother. Oh, oh.